I want to ask you something, Dad especially, on this Father's Day. One of the greatest things you could give to anyone that you influence is to be faithful for the long haul. Doing the right thing the right way for the right reason for an entire lifetime. How are you and I going to finish our race? Mom, what will be your legacy? Well, she did good for a while, but then she kind of went away from the Lord. They were faithful for a good time, and now they're not really very faithful. They didn't end life well. Dear friend, every goal of every child of God, a goal for every child of God would be, Lord, help me to finish my course with joy. That is what I want to talk to you about this morning, finishing your course with joy. Tonight, I'm going to do a part two of that and finish it. So if you can only come this morning or tonight, I suggest you come tonight, okay? If you can have a choice, come tonight. I think you'll enjoy it. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul has ministered now for many years. He's on his third missionary journey, and he's going back to Jerusalem with seven of his friends who had gotten saved, and his Gentile work in the Macedonian area, in Achaia or Corinth or Greece, and in Asia. And now they're all with him, and they're coming back through, heading their way to Jerusalem, where each of those men not only have a testimony of Christ, but they have money that they want to give to God, to the hurting people back in Jerusalem. As he goes by, he comes within about 30 miles of a place called Ephesus. Ephesus was a city that Apostle Paul went to and spent more than any other time, I think, of his missionary journey. He stayed there three years. And he, he had trained many pastors there. By the way, that's what we all ought to do. There's no success without successors. We ought to be continuing to train others for the work of the ministry. But it's three years he taught every day in the school of Tyrannus, and he taught men how to lead for God. Because the work of God is founded on three uh, concepts. Lordship of Jesus, the leadership of the local church, and the partnership of God's people. And all of us ought to be partners together. That's why we have Brother Botros come, because we can't go to Egypt, but he can. And we can partner with him for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Apostle Paul, now he sends, he's on a boat. He's gotten off the boat. He is on the shores of a place called Miletus. It would be kind of like maybe on the shore here of, of uh, Lake Michigan in the sand. And, and there's boats parked there. And he's there and he, he calls for the pastors to come from Ephesus, 30 miles, to come out and meet with him. And they come out, and he looks them in the eye, and I don't know if there's 10, 15, 20, 30, I don't know how many, but they're all leaders that had been won to Christ and discipled and trained by his ministry. And he tells them, you knew what it was like to be me. I lived with you for three years. You saw me, you, you, you saw me in good times and in bad times, and I love you. And I kept back nothing that was helpful to you. If I, if I had it, you had it. If it could help you, I gave it to you. You remember. And I taught people publicly in church, and I taught you in your home. Remember, I was over your house, and I was at your house, and I discipled you one-on-one. -on -one. Remember that time? And he says, now I'm going to Jerusalem. And I don't know all that's going to happen to me. These seven men are going with me. Sopater and Segundus and Aristarchus and Timothy. and These guys are going with me. And I don't know what's going to happen in my future, but this is what the Holy Spirit told me.
that bonds and afflictions are in my future. I'm going to get arrested again. And I'm going to have some problems. But then he says in verse 24, our text today, none of these things move me. I don't care. I don't care what, whatever hardships I have to go through. It doesn't matter to me. None of those things are going to bother me. And the reason why is because he says, I count not my life dear unto myself. You know why we oftentimes get worried about our future is because we're thinking about us. <laughs> We, we think, oh, man, what about me? Am I going to have enough? If there's a recession, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to do this? Or if my kids are called to the mission field, oh, what am I going to do if they, if, if, if they go out to Africa, if they go someplace else? And we're, we're, we're nervous about us. He says, but I don't really care about that. Here's what I care about, that I could finish my course with joy. And the ministry that God gave me to do, I want to ask you whether you're a man on Father's Day or you're a young lady that's here or a senior saint or a widow or you're a teenager. You live in Chicago or you live in Hebron, you live in Lansing or you live over here in Calumet City or right here in our beloved Hammond, wherever you are, I want you to think and ask yourself, how am I going to finish my course? Because here's one thing for sure, you will finish. <laughs> you won't miss your death date. And when you die, when I die, we will sign off for the last time our autobiography unedited. And it's going to be over for the life and times of John Wilkerson. And I will have nothing but to look back and see what I did. I'll either be glad I did or I'll wish I would have. But Paul was focused on this. I want to finish my course with joy. How are you going to finish your course? Let me ask you something. How are you living right now? Would, would you be finishing your course with joy? Somebody say, yeah, I would. What would your spouse say about that? What would your kids say about that? They say, my mom, my grandma, my dad, my, my grandpa, my brother, my sister, whoever you are to whoever is around you, would they say, man, they had the joy of the Lord. See, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's a missing thing. Many Christians do not have the joy of the Lord. They got, a, they got a big mouth and they can say, well, I go here, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. But their life, it, it betrays us. Our sermons whisper, but our life is loud. It shouts. Does your life, does my life shout with joy? That was something inside of the heart. And I want to encourage you and on just a few thoughts this morning and again tonight. How can we finish our course with joy? Number one, to finish your course with joy, here's my suggestion. Number one, you need to solidify your calling. You need to stabilize the fact that you know, number one, you're saved. Number two, God knows you're surrendered. Every Christian needs to be saved, and every Christian needs to be surrendered to the Lord. I think everybody needs two days. A day when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's when God knows you. This morning I was sitting with some new converts in our class, and we read in John chapter 10 and verse number 27 where the Bible says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. What's the next statement he says? And I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. 
Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Everybody needs to have a day when you accept Christ and his gift of eternal life. When you exchange your sin for God's son. When you reconcile and have peace again with God. Because all of us have a sin problem. When were you saved? When were you born again? I was sitting with a man yesterday, my friend Lauren, and he was not saved. And I went through the gospel with him through my New Testament. And at the end, he goes, you know, I've never been saved. I don't know how to be saved. I've never been born again. And I told him the reason he needed to be born again, Jesus said, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. And the reason he needed to be born again is because if you're only born once, you're going to die twice. If you just have one birthday and you've never been born into God's family, that second time, you're going to die twice. You're going to die once, separated from your body and your loved ones in this lifetime, and you'll be dying forever, separated from a God who didn't want it that way in the lake of fire. Hey, listen, have you been born again? You want to make sure, if you're going to finish your course in, in, with joy, you need, number one, you need to make sure that you've been saved. And if you're here here today and say, Pastor, I don't know about that. You're just like I was one day. How many remember whenever someone asked you if you died today, you go to heaven, you didn't know the answer to that? Remember that? Oh, I remember I was sitting in an auditorium much smaller than this, but right over here in this section, when my heart began to get convicted because the pastor said, you can know for sure you're going to heaven. I didn't know. You need to have your sins forgiven. And I had not had my sins forgiven. You need to have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And I had not peace with God through Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that God saved me that day because someone loved me enough to take the Bible and show me how I could have eternal life with God, how I could have my sins forgiven, how I could be reconciled with a holy God in spite of my wicked sin. It was a wonderful day. Do you have a day like that? You'll never finish your course with joy unless you know you're saved. Number two, Everybody needs a day when you surrender yourself to the Lord. See, salvation is when you know you have Jesus. And whoever has Jesus has eternal life. But surrender is an understanding that you understand that not only do you have Jesus for eternal life, but he has you. The Bible says, what? Know ye not that your body, what you live in in this world, is the Lord's. It's, it's the temple of him. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are, they belong to him. Many of us live as though that our life is our life. We got people picketing all over America and in front of her, this is my body. It's really not. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world, and all they that dwell therein. Hey, your body's not your body. Your time is not your time. Your talents is not your talents. Your health is not your health. Your kids are not your kids. Your job is not your job. Your house is not your house. Your car is not your car. You are not your own if you're saved. But we oftentimes live like that. And you can live like that if you want to. You can say, this is my life, I'll do what I want to. And you can keep God from, from owning what belongs to him or managing what belongs to him. 
And I think he'll let you do it. But you and I will not finish our course with joy that way. Look around. I want you to look around in, in, in humanity and people who know Christ and see who finishes best life with joy. It's people that are saved and they know it. It's people that are surrendered and they live it. They realize that life is not ours, it's the Lord's. The second thing I want to share with you this morning, and our time will be up. If you want to finish your course with joy, number one, you need to stabilize your knowledge that you're saved and that you're surrendered. And some of you this morning, you're not saved, and you need to get that settled. Don't go to hell from First Baptist Church of Hammond. If you say, well, I'm leaving this church, well, then don't go to hell from this life. Okay? But if you are saved, you need to surrender your will to the Lord. Say, you know what, God, how do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? How do you want to spend the money that God, you've given me? How do you want me to manage my life and my health and my family, my time, my schedule? But number two, you want to settle your offenses. If you want to finish your course with joy, stabilize your calling. Number two, you'll need to settle your offenses. The Bible tells us in the Gospels that Jesus said, he said, it is impossible to live life in this world without getting hurt and without hurting people. You'd have to be perfect not to hurt somebody and not to live life in this fallen world without getting hurt. The Bible tells us that only a perfect man could, could not use his words occasionally to hurt somebody. Learning to use our words, not to be hurtful. But what are you going to do about the things that were done against you in your life this far? All of us have them. All of us have things. And sometimes they start when we're young. Sometimes you got hurt a long time ago. You were a child. You were a teenager. You were disappointed by a spiritual leader. You were disappointed by someone who did not have your best interest in mind who, who hurt you. Maybe by distrust. Maybe by aggression. Maybe just by deceit. Maybe someone stole from you. All of us have had hurts. But if we're going to finish our course with joy, you're going to have to deal with those hurts. You don't have to, but you're not going to steer very well looking continually in the rearview mirror of your car. You're going to have more wrecks. And many people just wreck, 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 wreck. They wreck every relationship they have, and it's all because of something that happened a long time ago that they're not willing to deal with. And it's impossible to finish your course with joy until you learn to reconcile how am I going to deal with the hurt that I've experienced in my past. A Paul was hurt, and he had hurt lots of people. Read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and he said all the things that were done to him. He said, I'm going to be arrested again. I'm going to have more problems, but it's not going to move me because I'm going to finish my course with joy. What happened to me and what's going to happen to me doesn't matter because I'm going to finish my course with joy. Well, let me, let me just give you a couple thoughts, and I need to hasten. Are you listening? How do I deal with my hurts, the pain that I've experienced? I'm going to give you three thoughts, the same way that Jesus dealt with them. 
How did Jesus deal with our hurts on the cross? Jesus made a decision to suffer for someone else's bad, sinful, wicked decision. And if you're going to deal with your hurts and I'm going to deal with mine, I've got to make a decision. Okay, I am making a choice that what happened to me, and by the way, there are people that just are not satisfied with this, this plan. They want to live their life making sure that other people pay for what they did to them. I'm glad Jesus didn't do that. But Jesus chose, I am going to suffer for what someone else did for me, and I am going to be okay with it. Jesus suffered before, he suffers now, and he'll suffer for eternity, I think. I'm not so sure he has scars. I think he has wounds. You know what difference between a scar and a wound? All of us have scars on us. Things that happened to us, maybe we fell on our bicycle, or we had an accident, or we had an appendectomy, or whatever, and you've got scars on your body. But you don't think about those scars. But if you have a wound today, you'll think about that. If it's on the back of your leg, you'll move a little time coming, moving over here. You won't, you won't want to put that against the, the chair long term because it will remind you that you're hurting. I think the Lord Jesus may have wounds, constant reminders of our sin. And I think what we need to understand is, number one, Jesus made a choice to suffer then, now, and maybe forever for what we did to him. And he was okay with it. He accepted it. He said, John Wilkerson, his wicked sin, because of his sin, I died on the cross. He owes me, but I'm not going to collect from John. And you know what? That's what you need to do with the person that hurt you. You need to say, Lord, they owe me. Here's what they did. They did this and this and this and this. But I don't want to collect. Many of you, you're going to live your life trying to collect from people, some of them who are already in eternity, and yet they captivate your mind continually. You close your eyes at night, you think about a person who is dead because you have not chosen to forgive them in your heart. And you can't finish your course with joy that way. Number two, Jesus, number one, he decided he would suffer for someone else's sin. Number two, he prayed for them on the cross. He prayed for us. He prayed for the person that had just nailed his, na his hands and his feet. The guy that punched him in the face continually and said, if, if you are the, 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 the Christ and you're God, tell me who hit you. Whack. The guy who, who pushed all the thorns in his head, he prayed for him. He prayed for me. He prayed for you. And what was his prayer? Father, forgive them. Why? They know not what they do. They know what they did to you. The person that hurt you, the person that hurt me, they know what they did. But they don't know how it hurt you. And if you don't deal with it, you'll be thinking about them the rest of your life while they're not thinking about you. You've become bitter and, and held with that. On the cross, Jesus prayed, here's my suggestion. Number one, choose to suffer for someone else's decision and say, okay, they owe me, but I don't want to collect. 
Number two, pray that God would bless them and forgive them on the basis of what they know what they did, but they don't know how much it hurt me. I got prayers. I want to pray for people that hurt me. Lord, please remind them of how much it hurt me what they said to me. That's a prayer I could pray, but not a good prayer. I could say, Lord, take them off the planet. (laughs) Make them pay. But that's not the prayer that Jesus prayed. He said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know how much they need the Lord's help. Pray for them by name. Many many folks, when people hurt us, we don't even want to say their name. We don't want to think about them. We can't quit thinking about them because we haven't forgiven them. We know we're supposed to, but we haven't done it. Number three, Jesus on the cross said, Lord, into your hands I commend my spirit. I've said this before in this room. But the truth of the matter is, he could have well said, into your presence I commend my spirit. Into your heavens I commend my spirit. But he didn't. He said, into your hands. You know what hands are? They part our hair. Hands pick out which shirt we're going to wear. Hands decide what, what way we're going to take to church. Hands decide how much food we're going to put in our mouth. How much makeup you're going to put on your face. Which toothbrush, yours or your kid's toothbrush, you're going to take to brush your teeth? Yeah. They decide. They make choices. They, they control things. And Jesus on the cross said, Father, into your control. I want to take my spirit about this whole event and turn it over to you. Vengeance is mine. It's not yours. If you try to get vengeance, you're off your rug. It's not yours. And you can do it. You can, you can spend the rest of your life hoping that God will pay back somebody who hurt you. And you'll exchange joy if you do that. You won't have the strength to be all that God wants you to be. Paul said, I want to finish my course with joy. Two thoughts, and I'll give you a few more tonight. Number one, stabilize your calling. Make sure you know you're saved. Number two, surrender yourself to the Lord. If you say, Pastor, I've done that before. Maybe you ought to do it again this morning. Number two, settle your offenses. Agree that you've been hurt. Tell God what happened. And then tell God, I don't, want, I don't want you to pay for that person. I don't want that person to have to pay. I want to release them. I want you to bless them. I want you to forgive them. And then I'm going to turn over my attitude about this to your control. And then every time it comes to your mind again, do the same thing. And do it till it no longer is a pain. It's more of an empathy for the person that hurt you. Or... Keep on being bitter. Keep on drinking liquid Drano, hoping it hurts the person that hurt you. Keep on eating up on the inside. Had a man tell me the other day, he said, Pastor, I've studied every verse in the Bible that deals with food and health, on health. And he said what I found out. He said there is some things that would be healthier to eat and things, but he says health is, is if you look at it in the Bible terms, there are two Concepts that affect your health long term. Number one, obedience. Obedience. Learning to be obedient. Number two, emotions. Learning to handle the emotions that you feel biblically. I'm convinced many people fill hospitals and take medications. Not not every case, please understand that. 
And not everyone who gets in the hospital, this is their problem. But some people have difficulties because they will not obey God and they will not deal with their hurt and their difficulties. And it stirs up emotions of anger and frustration and bitterness and it complicates their own health. And they do not finish with joy. I want you to finish with joy. I want to finish with joy. Would you pray for me while I pray for you? Let's pray together, can we? Thank you for listening today. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, but our minds alert, and no one moving unless you're ill, please don't leave. Can I ask you something real quickly? Here's the question. How many would say, Pastor, I want to finish my course with joy. I can see a barrier in my life that I need to deal with. And I want to deal with it. I want the Lord to help me with that. How many would say, Pastor, that's me. I, I want to finish with Course with Joy, but I see something that God has put his finger on in my life I need to deal with. Would you hold your hand up to the Lord? I would not be able to see everyone on that. Let's ask God to help us with that. Right now, put your hands down and just say, God, help me to address that issue and deal with that. How many of you say, Pastor, I know for sure. I know I'm not all I ought to be, but I know I'm saved. I know if I died, I would go to heaven. I am comfortable with raising my hand and thanking God that he saved me in my life. Would you raise your hand? How many would know that? Good. Thank you very much. You put your hands down. Is there anyone here today who would say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that my sins are forgiven. I'm not sure that I've reconciled with God, that I have forgiveness of sins, that I'm sure, I'm not sure that I have eternal life with God. But I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Pastor, would you please pray for me? Would you lift your hands? Hold it up. Anybody like that? God bless you, ma'am. Are there others? Are there others? God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Hold her up. In the balcony, would you hold your hand up? Anybody just say, Pastor, I'm not sure. If I have eternal life, God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Anyone else? I want to pray for you. Christians, would you pray for these dear ones who lifted their hand? If you lifted your hand, or you should have, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I die to have eternal life. Listen, this is a good day for you. It's a day when someone can take the Bible and very clearly, on your terms, at your time, show you from the Bible. We have any questions that you have. If we can't answer your questions, we'll ask someone to help you. But we will let, explain from the Bible how you can be saved. As soon as you hear the first note on the piano, would I encourage you to step out and come? Let me ask something else. Is there anybody here that you know and God knows that you have an unresolved hurt that needs to be dealt with? All sin is first against God, and then it affects us. And if we don't forgive sin, we don't forgive hurts, we'll be tormented in our being. I don't want that for you. Here's my encouragement. If you know what I'm talking about and it's in you, why don't you ask the Lord to help you with that this morning? You can come and find a place here at the altar. An altar's a place for praise and petition. Maybe you ought to praise God for the freedom he gave you over past hurts. Maybe you ought to petition God for his help to deal with those things. Let's stand together. Our Heavenly Father, please work in hearts and help as we go into the invitation Encourage us and help us and strengthen us, we ask in Jesus' name.
Amen. As the instrument plays and as our trio sings, if God has spoken to your heart, this is a good time to respond. If you've already been saved and you need to get baptized this morning, would you come? Let someone take the Bible and help you, if you're not saved, to be saved. If you find your heart bitter and frustrated with things that have happened to you, come to the Lord. Let Him help you. If you've already been saved and you need to follow the Lord in baptism today, you come, would you? Save, you need to follow the Lord and believers' baptism this morning. Would you come? Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without a lamb of God, I this time. Let's go to the Lord right now. How many know someone who is not saved and you're praying that God would save them? Call out to God on their behalf, would you? Is there anyone here you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm still nervous about knowing for sure I have eternal life. Listen, you come. It's not too late. It's the last verse of the song. Those of you who are watching by way of live stream, thank you. Or listening by way of the radio, thank you for listening today. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast. If something that was said from the Word of God today would stimulate you to have a question or need some help, the phone number on your screen is 219-932-0711. Someone is standing by right now to talk with you, either to help you right this moment or schedule a time to talk with you. Please call us. Someone is waiting right now. You can contact us at the website. We'd love to know. Or Contact us at includeme at fbchammond.com. We'll try to reach with you as soon as possible. God bless you. Thank you very much. You may be seated. We rejoice. And Brother Paul, could you help Eric? He's going to get baptized real quickly. Would that be great? I rejoice with that. Very good. All right, I want to thank you for being here today. If you want to give to the Lord today in our offering, you can do that a couple ways. One is uh, you can do it as writing a check, as we've done, and put them in an envelope. There's envelopes in front of you. If you need a box of envelope to finish out the rest of the year, you can contact us over here at the, at the, uh, the counter right here. There'll be a man there standing there with a computer ready to register you. If you want a box of envelopes, we can help you with that. 
or you can give online, as many of our people do. And uh, online, we have now uh, offered an opportunity. Whenever we give online, there are, and especially if you give with a credit card or an ATM card or what have you, there is a service charge of 2% that the company charges us. So, for instance, if you gave $200, then they would take out $4. Uh, and charge the church $4 to receive your $200. There's a place for you to say, I want to include that for ease. And many of you do that because it's easier for you to give online. But it's a little, more, it, it's a little bit more cost uh, if, uh, effective either to give it in a check form or to just include the fee. There's a check mark you can say, I'm giving, and I'm just going to check off on that. And so that uh, it would be instead of 200, it'd be $204, but you will assume that. So that does not do that. And if that's more convenient for you, that's fine. At this point, we still are uh, taking on that responsibility. But if you want to do that, you can do that online. When you text give, that's how you can do that as well as fbchammond.com or the Ministry One app. I had a man today, this week, tell me, he said, Pastor, when I signed up for that Ministry One app, one thing I love about that is I can go to that app and listen to messages I've missed or messages I want to hear again on uh, that uh, Ministry One app. That may be a blessing to you. You can exit as you go up here in the balcony. There's ushers here and over here. Thank you, men, for helping us. And then the back. I need to ask if I can, please, while we get ready to watch a quick video. Um, I want to make sure every father here gets one. And in uh, a matter of fact, I'll, I'll let, let every married man, if you would like, or a man who is a father, that's fine. If you'd stand to your feet, our ushers want to give you a little coin. It's just a pocket piece. And it, causes, it just says that we walk by faith and not by sight. I have some things I want to share with our men tonight a little bit about that, about Isaac blessing by faith, he blessed Esau and Jacob. By faith, he blessed them of things to come. And uh, I want to share that with you a little bit this evening, but I want every dad, if you would please to stand, I want every usher to give one of the dads standing one of those things. And I want to have a word of prayer for all of our men this morning. So remain standing, if you would please. And ushers, if you will please work as quick as possible to get that to them. That would be great. Remain standing, if you would, please, men, if you don't mind, just a moment. We want you to have that. I think it's something we can kind of keep with us for a while. I'll probably lose it by, uh, by July 1, most likely, or give it to one of the merchants in the local area here, as I think is the quarter. But if it is something we can keep for a while to remind us that the most important thing about us is faith, it's faith. Well, what comes to our mind when we think about God? Can I trust God? I think it'd be a good idea to hold that in your hand occasionally and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Oftentimes, if I see a penny on the ground, I'll pick it up. Not because, it's a long ways down there. While I'm down there, I think of other things I could do while I'm down there while I'm picking that up. But one thing about a penny that I like and about our coins, it says, in God we trust. When I pick up a penny, I just say, Lord, I know and I'm thankful I can trust you. Help me to live out my faith. We walk by faith and not by, and people who understand a faith walk understand that we need to be sensitive to listen and sensitive to be led. And may God help us.